Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. We are coming to you from outside Owen Field, where Oklahoma State just suffered a 28-13 to defeat to the Oklahoma Sooners. And uh, lots to talk about, but this one is really hard to describe, Jacob. Let's call it a strange night in Norman. That's fair. It was, it was absolutely strange. 28 nothing after one quarter, and then OU's offense, or OSU's defense, figures things out, tightens up. OU can't, literally can do nothing offensively after the first quarter. And then OSU's offense finds a little rhythm, not enough. Four turnovers by Spencer Sanders ultimately is too much, but it's just that they still had a chance if they'd have gotten within a touchdown there. You know, if they'd have gotten, if they hadn't thrown that last interception to Deshaun White, they might score that drive, and it's a one possession game, and things completely change. It's just a weird night, just a weird night in the cold weather. Yeah, yeah, it it absolutely was. The first quarter felt like basically the entire day in Manhattan, Kansas in that 48 nothing yeah. loss. And then somehow they turned it around and not and not only turned it around, they basically shut down the OU offense from that point and outscored it from that point. OU offense, 28 points, 299 yards in the first quarter, no points, 135 yards the rest of the game from that point. It's it's remarkable what they were able to do. Dylan Gabriel throws for 224 in the first quarter. He's 6 of 22 for 35 yards the rest of the night. I I mean you look at this at the stats and it is it is staggering. It's just ridiculous to to look at at what they were able to do and and you know put keep themselves in that game. I I really don't know how to explain it. All right. Well, uh, you know, obviously we've got to discuss the four interceptions. That's can 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 anyone hear us? I, I can't hear Scott. You can't hear me? No. Oh, well, that's no good. All right. Well, keep walking. I'll keep talking. <laughs> um, the, we've got to discuss the four interceptions. Obviously, that was a, a huge issue, and it's easy to to point at Spencer Sanders and you know say that he reverted to, to pre-2022 version of himself and, and those type of things. He was getting very little protection. He's playing with, uh, with receivers that have been in and out of the lineup. There's just a, uh, a lot of issues going on with the offense that are, uh, that, are, that are difficult to overcome right now. The offensive line is is dealing with injuries uh you know they've had a couple of guys a week really out of the starting lineup so it's been uh uh it's been very hard to overcome you look at at the four picks and you know one was a a clear miscommunication one was a clear miscommunication one was um, 
you know, a tipped pass. Neither of those are Sanders' fault. Uh, you know, one, he, uh, he basically got, uh, he got schemed. They had a, uh, they had a corner blitz and, uh, looks like receivers running open for a touchdown. He hangs the ball up a little too long and, uh, and, and Billy Bowman comes and intercepts that pass. And then the last one, he's trying to make a play. Uh, I don't, I don't remember exactly how, uh, how much pressure was on him on that last one. They'd been getting a lot of pressure throughout the second half and making things difficult for him, chasing him out of the pocket. They sacked him six times, obviously. So, um, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things they were trying to overcome. Uh, but you know, you, you don't look at Spencer Sanders and say, yeah, this is the reason that they lost this game. Jacob, you're muted. I, I don't know how I got muted. Sorry. It's all good. What a, what a weird night. Um, it is. <laughs> we'll add it to the long list of weirdness here. Uh, you know, it's not all on Spencer. You, you can't get in that early hole. Um, first of all, and the offensive line struggles, um, and, and has issues. And when you, when you do that, it just, it, I go back, Mike, Mike, Mike keeps going to the turnovers and I get that. But they're not running the ball at all. No, no, and they're not. That has become such an issue for this team to where, you know, even even if the game was closer, you didn't get the sense that OSU was going to be able to run the ball and going to even try to run the ball much. No, no. They obviously got to the point where they couldn't. They didn't need – I mean, they, uh, they, they were forced to throw. They had to throw the ball 67 times. A, a program record, I believe, is the uh, the number I saw. I know it's a career record for Sanders, but I believe that was the most ever in a game by a Cowboy quarterback. But they were in a situation where they had to throw all the time. Uh, they ended up running backs, I think, what, carried the ball 15 total times, somewhere in that yes. neighborhood? Yeah, for 56 yards. Right. So, obviously, there weren't a lot of opportunities to run. But even when they did, they didn't have a ton of production. Not a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Jaden Nixon had the 21-yard run where he got around the edge. Uh, but other than that, just not not much to show for it, not much to help draw any attention away from uh, from the pass. So it just made for a, uh, for a very difficult night all the way around for the offense, even though they were finding ways to move the ball. Sanders did throw for 381. You know, looked really solid at times. Obviously, he's still dealing with a lot of pain in that shoulder as well. So, it's a it, difficult. It, it can't be ideal to have your quarterback dealing with a shoulder injury throw the ball sixty-seven times either. Right. It's uh, you, you got to be encouraged by the fact that they didn't hesitate to do that. They didn't hesitate to run him. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, they were uh, comfortable enough with what he could do to go and try to, to make the offense go. And, you know, they end up with 484 yards. So, uh, you know, that wasn't the problem, but they weren't able to finish uh, three of five in the red zone uh, in terms of scoring opportunities and a couple of other trips deep into OU territory that came up empty. So 
just not able to uh, to close the door on some of those possessions when they had a chance to uh, to maybe get themselves back in the game. And you know that's uh, it's it's so weird to see that with this with this offense. And obviously, we talked about the injuries that they're dealing with on the offensive line. That uh, you know they've had guys in and out of the lineup at receiver. All those things, not being able to run the ball is is part of that too. But it just felt like this offense was going to be so much more capable than it has than it has been over the last month. It's it's strange to see. Yeah, I don't. You can't. Put, I can't put my finger on exactly what it is because it's the offensive line. It's Spencer. It's the running backs. It could be receiver drops. I mean, that's it. Just never seems to click at the right time. Yeah. You know they uh, they ended up being seven of twenty two on on third down, which is uh, that's a lot of third downs for one. Uh, but they ran a, a ton of plays, so it's understandable. Um, oh of two on fourth downs. They had the the two that they went for one in the third quarter and one on their last possession. Uh, obviously, so that's seventeen total missed opportunities on third and fourth down, and and that's a uh, that's a big number. Um, so that's, you know, you compound that with four interceptions, six sacks. That's a lot of, uh, of negative, uh, negative plays that are, uh, you know, ending drives for you. So really difficult to, uh, to put points on the board when you're having those type of mistakes in those situations. So, um, you know, you look to next week, they get West Virginia back in Stillwater, uh, obviously, this team seems to play much better at home, for one. Yeah, they haven't um, lost there in two years. Right. And and West Virginia is not a team that, that scares you a whole lot. So you feel like they can at least close the door on the regular season on a good note with, uh, uh, with that game. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what, uh, you know, what direction things go for them at that point. But overall... A, uh, a very difficult night to uh, to comprehend exactly what happened. Yeah, I, we're going to look at this one scratching our heads for a long time. Um, right. You just can't have. I mean, twelve straight stops to stop to close the game for OSU's defense. So weird. Just remarkable. And you know, I, I just I can't wrap my head around it. <laughs> it's a, it's uh, you, you you never know. With this, this defense, you know, I asked Mason Cobb, I said, do you guys feel like you've kind of rediscovered yourself again this last two weeks? And he said, yeah. You know, outside that one quarter they had today, they feel pretty good about where they are defensively. And it's hard to blame them. They're playing well again. But yeah, just uh, that, one, that one quarter is so baffling. Yeah. Two, th- two things really quickly. Number one, you walk past the car, turn around, head back this way. Oh, I sure did, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's cold enough. We don't need to spend extra time out here. Yeah. It's um, cold enough. It's, 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 nothing looks familiar tonight at this point. Right. So. Uh, but speaking to your point, uh, over the last two games now, even with the crazy first quarter where they gave up 21 or uh, 28 points, 299 yards, uh, they're still giving up about 383 a game yardage wise. And uh, 21 points a game the last two games. This is coming off a stretch where they gave up in over five games, 521 yards a game and almost 39 points a game. So the defensive improvement 
is uh, is solid. Obviously, they're not playing the same level of offenses that they were. Uh, this this OU offense is nothing crazy, uh, talented, but but not but not great. But they they stopped them where they needed to stop them in uh, in a lot of ways. So that was uh, that was important. All right. With that, I think it's time for the uh, the most important thing I forgot. Well, you forgot to give me directions on how to get back to the car. I did. That was that was, was definitely the most talk. definitely the most important thing I forgot tonight. My apologies. Um, no, I think the other thing is we got to talk about Quentin Stewart, man. I, it's just, hey, how cool was that? It's cool to see the Cowboy backs get involved. It's even cooler to see Quentin Stewart's first career catch be a touchdown. Yeah, big time stuff. Redshirt sophomore out of Kansas. Nice to see him uh, pull one in. Uh, in a situation where they really needed it, uh, that was a creative play that that they had never run before out of that loaded package up near the goal line. So, um, good execution, good play call, all of the above on that. Logan Ward had a heck of a night, a couple yeah. of big ones early, especially. Uh, you know, I love talking about punters, so got to work that in. And um, yeah, I think I think that's it. It's time to uh, get in the car and get warmed up and get back on uh, on the road heading north. And uh, we'll be at uh, at Stone Cloud on Tuesday. So uh, one, we'll, we're, get, the, our, we'll our, get the audio issues fixed on that too. Exactly. Apologies to anybody who wanted who tried to watch us on YouTube last week. That didn't work out. So we apologize for that. But uh, we do appreciate you coming and joining us here at this. Uh, it's now almost one forty a.m. What a fun one! All right. Yeah. We'll talk to you next time on the Cowboy Chronicles. Mm-hmm.